Hi, it's Adrian here, the host of Talk Design Podcast. I would like to welcome you to a special series that I've created with the AIA Austin chapter. This is for their homes tour, which will be held in October on the 22nd and the 23rd in Austin, Texas. This homes tour I've been to many times and it's a wonderful event. It's really well curated and incredible homes on it. And this year we've got homes from a bunch of Austin's best architects and some really exciting projects. I've had the pleasure of interviewing each of these architects about the project and about the nuances of the project. So when you get a chance to listen to these podcasts, you're really going to find out some special little tips and have like a tour from the architect through each of these homes. The other thing that the AIA Austin chapter has done is they've arranged for webinars with the architects who have homes on the tour. These will kick off on the 21st of the 9th, and then they will run through to the 12th of the 10th. If you look up the AIA Austin's home tours schedule, you will find these listed there. This would be something really special. In the meantime, what I would ask you to do is subscribe to the Talk Design podcast. You'll find us online at www.talkdesign.show and on every podcast platform that you care to listen on. If you can subscribe there and then go to the latest series, which will be the AIA Austin Homes Tour. So have a look for that and dig out some of your favorite architects. There's lots to learn. And then if you are going to make it to the tour in person, you will also learn a whole lot more about these homes by listening to what the architects have had to say. You'll also see on our website some amazing photography by Leonard Fomansky, who has done the photography for the tour this year. So thank you for listening, and I look forward to presenting each of these architects to you in this AIA Austin special series. Take care and enjoy. In the special edition of the AIA Austin Homes Tour, I'm speaking with architects Ryan and Stephanie Limo, and their company is Limo Architecture and Design. And on the tour this year, they have their own home, which is really cool. And they designed it as a couple, and they're still a couple, which is even cooler. <laughs> and they live in it. They haven't sold it off. So we're going to be able to dig into this journey of the design and also what makes this design so special, not just to them, but to their client base and to the neighborhood that they live in because it's an East Austin home. So guys, welcome to Talk Design. It is fabulous to have you here. Thank and thank you, you for thank sharing you for your time. Us. You're Absolutely. so welcome. So as a husband and wife team and you have got your own home on the tour, there's a lot of architects who, um, who probably wouldn't put their own home on a tour. And, you know, because people think it defines them so much. Outside of that, take me through a little bit of the journey of the two of you, how you met, how you ended up in, in business together, how you ended up as a couple together, and then this journey to East Austin and creating this home. Let's let's just run past yeah, that a little. It's a long story. Yeah, a <laughs> no, no, we, we, you just give us the highlights <laughs> real. Yeah, yeah, of course. We'll keep it quick. But now we, we met in uh, in architecture school at Rice University in Houston. Oh, wow. Uh, we, uh, so we 
we got together late, late in our college career. And uh, we, we graduated in, in 09, sort of the, the bottom of the recession. And just uh, uh, chances are they, they took us to up to Boston. So we, we landed in Boston uh, and Steph's got family in Texas. We were up there in Boston for about five years and just knew we wanted to come back, come back to Texas, come back to closer to family. So we, uh, we decamped from, from Boston and made our way to Austin um, in 2014 and uh, just thought we, you know, it was a great booming town and we should, we should give a shot at, at starting our own, our own little office. So we were relatively young. I think we just felt like we had pretty solid experience in um, coming from Boston. Ryan worked for a high end residential firm, Marianne Thompson, and I worked um, for a couple firms, but also in the landscape architecture firm and um, some architecture firms. And so we felt like we wanted to give it a shot. Um, and so, yeah, in 2014, we, we started the company together. And of course, at the beginning, it you know, had a, <laughs> it was a little trickier to navigate in terms of kind of role, figuring out roles, et cetera. Um, but I think, you know, pr pr pretty quickly, we realized that, you know, we can, we can collaborate and um, work together pretty well. So yeah. Uh, and and yeah, and I think just that kind of played into East Austin from from the beginning. We always wanted to live in East Austin when we moved here from Boston. Um, it's a really interesting part of Austin and uh, it's gentrifying, but something that we've always gravitated towards in terms of kind of the diversity that is here and the kind of creativity. And I think it's something that we really wanted to be part of from the outset. Absolutely. And I think, you know, so fast forward six years after starting the company, we were living in a, a small house that we had bought. It was doubling as our office. So the office was in the front and we had Steph with a baby and a dog in the back and clients coming in and it was all kind of a mess. And uh, what, was, always what was wrong with that picture? Oh my goodness. Was, <laughs> yeah. was, uh, Only the conversations in. when everybody left. <laughs> oh, it was, it was wild. And so, yeah, we just, we knew we, we, uh, you know, had this idea that we could maybe build our own home and, um, you know, knew we wanted something that we could walk to the office that was close, that was affordable, you know, all, all of the highlights, mm -hmm. of course, and, um, you know, went out to, to find that and it took, it took a lot of time. Um, and as yeah, Steph said, there was one little corner that, that I just didn't want to be in. It was like the only corner that was like, ah, it's like too CD. It's like too loud. It's too messy. It's too noisy. And we looked and looked and looked and there was just one property that was started really high and it just kept dropping and dropping and dropping. So Ultimately, we lowballed the price for like half of what they were asking for, and like a month later, they were like, "All right, sure, like you can you can have it." Uh, and so we ended up with this sort of funky lot right on this really busy road. It's in an alley. There's a car mechanic next door. Uh, you know, abandoned buildings out back, but it, but it it fit the bill in terms of its affordability in the right neighborhood, walkable to the office. That sort of set us out in the journey of making this house together. Wow. Um, with that, with finding that lot, did, did the lot have something on it already or was it vacant? It, it did. It did have something on it. We had been looking for vacant lots for a very mm -hmm. long time. So we thought, you know, we want to be good neighbors. We want to, we want to, you know, in, in, to infill if we can. And, uh, you know, we just found that almost every vacant lot that we could find had some really complicated backstory about someone not wanting to sell or, or mm -hmm. a bunch of errors, which ended up being the case on this property too. But um, this this did have a, a very rough old house on it um, that but we it's pretty small. It was very small. Um, it actually had 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 been an old old house they'd moved from a military base a couple miles away. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was uh, in, in in pretty rough shape. So it was that was the first you know 
as Steph said, we're sort of engaging with this neighborhood and the complex dynamics of being in a gentrifying neighborhood. And, and so that was sort of like the first, uh, we, we'd like own that decision, you know, to start the process of like, we're going to, we're going to do this. We're going to take this house down. It's not what we would choose on paper, but like, this is something yeah, we're that's own a very, as a choice. Uh, something we wanted to be incredibly sensitive to and mm. from the outset. And I think that's part of what played into the design as well is like, you know, giving back to the, to the neighborhood with, in terms of having a landscape in front with the, you know, mm-hmm. with the sidewalk and just kind of the way we, we, we try to think about also pulling the, um, changing the, like flipping the, um, backyard, uh, front yard dynamic and kind of flipping it on its head where we pulled the house back. So it didn't, um, kind of wasn't overbearing on all the other homes. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of the strategy um, in terms of being sensitive to the neighborhood. But we love our neighbors um, and uh, we, we, you know, yeah, we engage with them on a regular basis. And, and yeah, that was important to us was just kind of part of to be part of this town and really engage with our neighbors in the neighborhood and be sensitive to it, not just only on a, on a sensitive personal level, but also with through the design strategy. Yeah, right. I love that. I love that. And especially in a neighborhood with so much texture um, and knowing that it's a place you're making home. Like yeah, that's, that, that's the difference, you know, so often with clients, you, the place isn't necessarily, it's never going to be your home. Um, it's going to be their home and taking that journey in, but then holding the values that you uh, you bring to the project into that as well is really important, you know. Um, it gives it, it's part of what you deliver as a service and and as as your aesthetic and as your sensibilities of the surrounds and the environment you know there's um you could be on a large block out you know acreage somewhere like that and the same sensibilities still belong it doesn't yes. matter really where it is it's like how do you get the best out of the space for the others you know it might be for the I was going to say wallabies and kangaroos because that's what we have here. <laughs> <laughs> for the armadillos and the skunks, for what you have there. How, how, does the, how does everything work with some synergy? Because ultimately you go, you're about to ruin a piece of it by putting something on it. So how can you add value by putting that thing on it? Yeah, and I and, think that's, you know, part of our philosophy and tying to the landscape, mm-hmm. um, which is incredibly important to us, as I said uh, earlier, I had worked at a landscape architecture firm and that's just part of our philosophy as a, as a company is that our architecture needs to tie into the landscape, whether urban or rural, we just, it's incredibly important and it's all about framing the views. And so that I think we, you know, give back to the community through this landscape. You know, I, I, I have over uh, 200 native, mostly native plants in the garden and this courtyard that kind of faces this, four lane thoroughfare and um, it's just incredibly beautiful to look at. And I see hummingbirds and bees, you know, and that's very rare for this very urban part of Austin. So I think that they come for that landscape. So what you're doing is, is, yeah, you're bringing, you're actually bringing what belongs back into the landscape and, um, and then, you know, you've got a family. And so it means that you grow up with that or they grow up with that and you grow with it as well. And you get the delight of that nature being part of the touch as opposed yeah. to being removed from. Exactly. Um, we have 
two kids and a dog. And so it was also part, you know, important to us that they had a, you know, garden that they could play in and be. Yeah. Know, Cause this is a pretty small lot. It's a very small lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, apart from the fact that you could, you bought the lot at a great price. Um, and, you know, certainly like East Austin with its um, neighborhood uh, history where there's a lot of small lots um apart from that telling tell me about working on such a small lot and with the restraints of you know like you say there's a four-lane road out there there's there's these things how did you create the sanctuary um that was great for your family and what's your sort of like i suppose take or specialty on creating this kind of space what is it what's your what's your philosophy there we go we'll use that word what's your philosophy on this yeah and I think right off the bat you know we just knew we didn't need a big house you know that was the first the first thing is if you're going to work in a small lot you know we weren't trying to maximize it or or fill out every square footage you know we we knew that uh, about 2,000 square feet is what we felt comfortable with as a family and that fits very comfortably on the small lot so we weren't sort of fighting against trying to put something Uh way too big on a site that was way too small from the beginning um, and then very broadly, sort of architecturally speaking, as Steph already mentioned, you know, we we really wanted to not dominate our, our neighbors on this small lot. So we took this sort of long, skinny lot and we just very quickly sketched a house that was sort of a long, skinny house mm-hmm. uh, to sort of match the, the, the footprint of that. And we really just like shoved all the mass of the building to the back of the lot. A lot of our neighbors are one story uh, homes. And so we had a two story home. So uh, right. Yeah, all gotcha. the way to the back, and yep. so, um, and, and then that really opened up the front uh, as what was sort of more traditionally be the backyard that allowed us to sort of like engage with the street front with this front courtyard. Made a, a beautiful sort of uh, porous wall that wrapped around it. Some landscape is outside the courtyard, you know, sort of in the the public. Some of it is inside. Um, but those two major moves of like opening up this big front courtyard, pushing the mass back, yeah, and was- the massing in the back kind of relates more to the commercial properties that are part, kind of sure. that are stories so it also engaged with the right appropriate scale in proximity right. as well us. which are about like next and behind us um and so i think that was part of the decision and i think also as we said you know we wanted to make really maximize our kind of this minimize the square footage so that we could maximize the co- cost per square foot so that we could really think about the details um, and put more money into the square footage by reducing the square footage. And so yeah. that was all, that was very important to us from the outset and kind of the philosophy. I think, you know, as you know, a lot of East uh, developers in East Austin are just about maximizing the lot. That mm-hmm. is obviously antithetical to what we're due. We, we, you know, from the outset, we wanted to just make sure that um, we, every square inch of this home was needed and necessary. And, um, and also thinking about, the whole perimeter of the property and how the landscape is just equally, if not more important than the building itself in some ways, because that's what, what makes and enhances this, this, this home for us. And so that was really important to us for, to, to design the landscape, you know, from the beginning. I love that. I love that. It, it's like we were saying just before we started, you know, you, you get the boundaries of the lot and all of it is your, your playground and, mm-hmm then the, the greater playground, whilst you, it's not yours to play in as in to develop, but it is the surrounding homes and the surrounding buildings and the surrounding atmosphere and environment that you've positioned yourself in. And how do you tell 
a story that actually does all those things, not just one house bang in the back there or in the front there, you know, and it it overshadows the neighbours or it um, it makes, yeah, issues for everybody else. Or, you know, just being able to bring those hummingbirds and bees and things like that back into that environment and landscape. Not only do you get the beauty of it and live with it, but so does your neighbour. And so yeah, does the right. neighborhood, like the yes. greater neighborhood, because suddenly there's a habitat and then that brings exactly. it back around. I think that's really the sensibilities of that are beautiful. And they, again, me personally, I think, you know, maximizing the um, or, or minimizing the square meterage or square feet of the home so that the budget is spent on making it better. Exactly. Um, you know, not just adding extra walking space inside a house. Yeah. yeah so we, we, you know, we, we almost eliminated closets. We have one, well, two closets, you know, and we really used Ikea, you know, cabinetry to, so again, that was part of the, the philosophy and, as well. And I think in terms of like a really quick anecdote of how that really like applies in this house is there was one tree it was just under protected size that we had to take down. It was sort of in the back of the lot. Uh -huh. And so we, uh, have some friends who have a, a local wood mill so they cut it down they cut it into boards they dried it and instead of spending additional square footage on a dining room we took that wood and turned it into like an amazing built-in table that's sort of like half uh half kitchen island half dining room table so we eliminated awesome. the footage that would have been dedicated to a dedicated dining room we took that money we put it into like a cool project with our friends and you know and now we have something that's really special in the home uh, but we didn't have to pay for the space to do it. So there are some like concrete. And you uh, got the wood from the site. And we got the yeah. wood from the site. So we thought that yeah. was like a really cool it's little beautiful. Anecdote. Yeah, we love It's a great story too um, that we love. I, th I think this is one of these things that when you're on the tour, when so to the listeners, when, when you're on the tour and you go to Ryan and Stephanie's home, um, look for it. Look for this and know that this was, you know, like a small tree from the backyard that, went and then got repurposed and it became a part of it's still a part of the story and a part of the site it yeah, yeah. It, it may have lost its green leaves but it's um <laughs> it but it and it and it delivers again back to your family yeah and to exactly. your friends and your, every yeah. month, you know breakfast lunch and dinner i was <laughs> about to say it's like right yeah. in the heart of the home where exactly. it delivers yeah. it delivers hugely you know like it's it's not in the back shed or something like that. It's actually right where you use it on a daily basis. I yes. love that. I love that. The, the intent in a very concrete way, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to rewind just really quickly back to, so you went to Boston and then you came to back, well, you came to Austin. Um, Stephanie, for you returning to Austin, correct? Well, or, I, or just Texas. I grew up in. Te I'm from Texas, but I yeah. never had lived in Austin. Okay. Austin was for both of us, um, but my brother had gone to UT, and so I had family here, mm -hmm. and I think it was important to us to kind of come back and you know um, be closer to family, and um, and so yeah, we decided to kind of just start our firm here in Austin. But honestly, we didn't really have necessarily many connections because Houston is where Rice is. Yeah, and exactly. So, so when we moved here, we knew we wanted to be in either Houston or Austin. We wanted to be in a, you know, very 
okay. urban kind of city to uh -huh. start our company, but we ultimately chose Austin and we're glad yeah. we did. Yeah, and we so did some... Go go, ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead, Ron. Sorry. Yeah, we, we had some great uh, great friends and roommates from college and we all sort of dis distributed out after we graduated and sort of coincidentally, we all ended up in Boston at the same time. Some were going to grad school, some were doing oh, their my. medical training. And so uh, we would all just like, you know, cold winter's night, go out for margaritas and, you know, uh -huh. kind of fantasize about Boston. getting back. And so. beans, Boston beans. Exactly. Yeah. And so we, uh, we literally like shared a, a, a moving van. We all decided one day we're all going to do it. So three couples, you know, all completely changed their professional careers, uh, hopped in a U-Haul and, and came back to Austin. So it was sort of a collective like leap this of faith thing, yeah. with, uh, with some of our best friends to, to come back. How awesome. It's a wonder you didn't end up building, you know, like a community project where you all lived. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later in life. We did end up designing homes for both of those sets of friends in the end. So it's funny. I love yeah. that. I love, well, there you go. You brought a couple of clients with you, you know, yeah. like, yeah. A couple of, <laughs> well, it was going, that was going to be my next thing was like, you know, this is a pioneering spirit um, that you take. Um, because you could have gone somewhere safer. Like when I say safer in the sense of community, you could have gone back to Houston yes. where you had community. Um, but to go to Austin and actually, put the flag in the ground as well and say, this is where we're setting up our business. Um, yeah. Not like, oh, let's go and find jobs with other people to kick this off. Um, it's, I, I think there's a, a beautiful synergy in your own uh, determination and your own determination to do what you believe in, um, yes. which from a, if a client, you know, if somebody's looking at your home and they're going, we want this, you're in the right space in the sense of you guys know how to take a journey and you're brave in the journey. You know, you're not, you're not looking for the easy outcome. You're looking for the right outcome. Exactly. It wasn't an easy decision because we certainly didn't have any contacts. We had to start from nothing, you know, from square mm -hmm. one. Uh, a lot of our friends, as I mentioned, were our first clients. And then the, the, from there, it kind of became friends of friends and then word of mouth and it kind of spread. And now ultimately we're eight years in and people do ult now hire us, you know, for our portfolio and kind of yeah. for our, our As work. opposed to because they know you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> At the beginning, it was a bit more of the, of the, of the, yeah, so yeah, all those we, people who say don't work for family and friends, I think in, in the architectural world, a lot of people get their start working for family and friends. And yeah, yeah. it's not the easy route, but um, but yeah, I think we, we worked through it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's um, it, it also it shows that your ability to deal with people is really high because those will be the relationships that are most precious. I'd rather have them as a, a friend than a client. Um, so, sure. so you, yeah. you know, making the relationships work, um, and still delivering them on your, your beliefs of what you can do for them is really important. I think yes. it's a great and story. Ties, and that ties into why the people matter as clients, you know, uh -huh. that conversation. Um, I think, you know, we really see, we, we just try to work with great people ultimately at the end of the day, whether they're our friends or family or, you know, a new one where you're interviewing clients, we really just, you know, really like to kind of hear who they are. And kind of, you, as you know, it's a long process. You have to, yeah. you get to know each other very intimately. So you want to make sure. to say, good, yeah, getting that relationship. Yeah. Uh -huh. And one that's um, flexible enough to, to hear each other and grow and be with each other through that process as well. 
um, you know, it's, that's really important. So I want you to take me from the streetscape because when people are going to come to this home, I say this home, your home, that was a bit insensitive. When people come <laughs> to your home, um, they're going to park somewhere, God knows where, but close by, we hope. Yeah. Um, and they're going to walk. They're going to go. They're going to get to walk to your front door. I want you to take me for a little journey from your architectural eyes to. I'm on the sidewalk, and now what do I? What? Where do I need to pause? Where do I need to take a breath? Where do I need to see what you've set up in this journey so that I can get the depth of the appreciation? Um, because yeah. it, it, it's so special because most of the time people, they don't know your brief. They don't know what you chose and why you chose it. So can we do a walkthrough, please? Yeah, and it, you know, it's funny. It, it sounds like a simple question, but it's almost not on this house because of the way that we set it up, the sort of like front or the front door is intentionally sort of subverted to a degree. And so the lot uh, is this long, skinny lot. There's a very busy road, but it's also on an alley. So the alley has car mechanic shops. And that's actually where we set up our, our front door. So it's just these two kind of for big, ourselves. for ourselves, yeah. two, two yeah. big black boxes. And we, because it's an alley with the setback requirements of the city, we were able to um, actually project a little canopy, like almost right up to the, to the alley. So like oh, it's wow. very rare cool. in Austin where you almost, and we haven't, uh, uh, and we sort of peeled back uh, this little cinder block wall that we have. So there's a little sort mm -hmm. of like landscape pocket and there's a little uh, sort of, custom-made pivot wood door. We actually re-salvaged some wood from another client's project with this little canopy. So it's a sort of interesting, almost like fantasy entrance or it's like this modern thing just like pushed right that. out like the back end of a mechanic shop. Um, and so coming through that door, you know, sort of opens up to the inside of, of, of the wall, which is this very lush, light-filled space, which is in complete kind of contrast. Again, we've got little hints of it with where we've pulled the wall back when you kind of come through this nice pivot door and walk into the living room. Uh, again, sort of the whole connection of the living room, the dining room, the kitchen um, are all directly connected out to this sort of courtyard or landscape. And again, I think that's the really first impression that you're going to get is how unique it is to be in an urban environment, but still have, you know, we don't have any blinds on the windows, we don't have any curtains, you know, you just come in and, you know, you can see all the, the sort of urban buildings around us, but it's just, full of light and it's full of lush green space and it's very open. And so that's sort of a, um, you know, we just, just are always uh, so pleased with, again, being able to, to walk around with wide open windows, looking out to plants in this urban environment. So again, yeah. kind of coming out of that uh, and then sort of looking back into the sort of secret garden is really what you'll first it, notice. I think as Ryan was saying, it was it's also an interesting question because it depends on who you are. Like, uh -huh. you know, we enter, we enter the house, Either we have the back driveway, yeah. um, which is kind of the back, or as Ryan was mentioning, that kind of pivot door off the alley. But we, you know, kind of designed the house um, for, you know, guests to, to enter from the front. Yeah, <laughs> sure. the street front. Um, and so they actually, I think that's also an interesting, you know, um, moment is when they kind of can, they can park in front. And then they, there's a little gate, you know, there's a, a, also a wall there and a gate with a landscape moment, kind of more of a uh -huh. dry desert landscape yeah. that kind of 
gives them an idea of what's behind and then behind it's a, it's wall, a hint it's a hint to the future it's a hint to what it is and then yeah, yeah as you kind of wrap into that entry as a guest you kind of just are immediately into this courtyard and looking at at the home yeah yeah so how cool it reminds me and and like i haven't seen enough of it to know but reminds me of almost like that um mid-century modern thing where you you know you you kind of get to see the privacy wall first and then all of a sudden you it reveals itself as you go in you know so you might get a nice lead up garden to that mm -hmm. privacy wall and then you go through the door and everything's revealed not everything's revealed it, it starts to reveal you know right like, and, and that wall is important because it, it's you know in line with where all the other homes are so right. that's kind of, and so it's, again, not overbearing at all. It has, still has a landscape in front. Uh -huh. And it also is kind of what makes it a safe haven for our our children to play sure. in the yard and the dog. And it buffers, you know, again, the pollution and the sound from yeah. the traffic in, yeah. in from the four, four, so four lane car. Because right. that's the, the, everybody who's coming on the tour will come through that guest entrance. Um, yes. <laughs> um, with that that will be their journey. So that if they take a little pause as they come through that area and then look and, and, and get the sensibility of we're shifting from one and then we're transitioning into it again, but it's a, it's a continued journey of that landscape opening up um, cool. and then getting the privacy and stuff. And, and this is the safety zone. This is the space where family starts and friends start, you know, it's beyond the, the public zone. And then, we get into the home and Ron, you were just saying, you know, it's filled with light and, and no, no um, window furnishing, you know, the window furnishing isn't required because of the way you've positioned the house and yeah. that it looks into the landscape. The landscape's actually part of the, the experience in here. Um, I think that's really cool. And yeah. take me through the house. Tell me some, some secret little gems. Where would I go next? Um, as I go into your home. Yeah, well, we, we definitely mentioned, you know, I think that we have some great, uh, great friends who are steel fabricators. So that's uh -huh. sort of one of the themes of the house is there are a number of sort of little um, steel moments around the home, which, which was our, our sort of flourish, you know, that that's where we spent a little extra money. Detail, and so yeah. uh, that wooden table that I was mentioning before uh -huh. almost floats, just has one one sheet of steel that holds up the whole the whole table is just like oh, a nice, nice little yeah yeah and yeah lining with our engineer there's like the slab is thickened underneath for that table to be held up um the entire backsplash is steel with a few little like select outlets cut into it so this, there's some really nice little steel moments um we also knew that you know with having the living the living and the kitchen sort of no dining room all together that we were really going to need to make sure that like all the mess could be tucked away so we, right. we made sure that we had you know our refrigerators tucked away our cabinets you know everything can be cleaned up and so the living living and kitchen space can really be experienced uh as as a guest very clean and not over overbearing but still very functional as a kitchen everything opens up and so uh you know that was special for us to be able to um, have all of that sort of closed but off. I think that's something that's really important in a condensed home. Like when when it's yeah, when you're not absolutely. going for big square footage, um, you know, like 
we do do houses so often we go to houses so often where there's you know almost three kitchens you know there's some um, there's a caterer's kitchen and a, and then there's a, a kitchen uh, like a pantry that you should have two butlers and a maid working in you know and then there's a a a, a kitchen which is the display kitchen for your friends to sit at <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, you know, something that also we've had to learn how to live in this house. And it's not a house. We've never lived in a house like this, such something so contemporary, something uh, with that sensibility. And so it's so funny, you know, we, you know, we have this routine now around it where we, where we clean up, we, we, we love to cook, we cook, we clean up, everything gets put away. Yeah. And we sort of return the house to its open state status. You know, we have our, our family come over, our friends, Friends, you know, they're always trying to leave things out because that's like how you normally would use a kitchen. We're like, no, 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 I've got to like, it's like a whole. We actually, like, it takes a discipline. It takes, oh, as you say, re it yeah. really does we take a discipline. We live in it like architects do, you know, because <laughs> we want it to look beautiful all the But time. it's been a really interesting journey for us. You know, I think we can relate so much more directly with our clients now when we explain that process. You know, you know really terrible. I think it's a really key point. Um in your clients and the kind of people you work with, they need to have that sensibility of, of enjoying the style of a place and not necessarily over-decorating it or over-complicating it. It's, um, it. it's let the place be itself, but then respect that as well. And, and as you say, keep it tidy, clean, you know, um, in order as such. Um, and probably both of you being architects probably helps that an awful lot. <laughs> but it's a learned, you know, it's, it's, uh, we had to learn it, you know, we really yeah. had to learn to live in this, in this home. Um, and, and with our children, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a museum, you know, it's a space for, for it's kids a family home and a, and a place for them to love. And, and, um, you know, we ha all hang out in this living room area and we also have a back room that kind of is like a, hybrid office uh, yeah. playroom um, space that that can be used by everybody and even guests so it's kind of turns into a guest room as well so that's like this the extra fourth bedroom and then um, as you go up the stairs it's kind of the private spaces and all yeah. the all of our bedrooms the three bedrooms so there's you know two children and then us so there's three so I've got one last question with this because I, I love the sound of it um of your home and, and the sensibilities that you put into this space and, and how you um, are so consciously aware of what you're creating. Your other love is, you know, like these um, sort of like, let's say, rural la landscape, homes and rural landscapes. Tell me the difference in the approach or the difference in the outcomes that when you go to rural, that happens. Yeah. And so much, you know, in an urban context, your site constraints are, are so, uh, they define the project in such specific terms. Uh -huh. you know, we have a big West facing piece of glass in here because that's the direction, like the whole building has to fit on this long skinny lot. Sure. And so that's not something, you know, so uh, you're able to use siting very differently when you're on a, on, on a more open or a more rural lot, right? You're able to really use the form of the building, you're able to use the environmental conditions where the light is, uh, you know, the sunrise and the sunset. And, um, uh, and so that's a, a major factor, just the, the urban constraints really dictate so much more about the, how a project will work. And you're, it's a much more of a blank slate, but ultimately, you know, it's about connection to context. And so that way it's actually 
rather similar about adult. the neighborhood of, and the context of the neighborhood and creating our own landscape within that yeah. versus in a rural setting you're kind of really working with the natural environment and embracing that that and is so the we, neighborhood it, yeah, it yeah, is exactly. the neighborhood and you try to really frame the views to the trees you know and to the light and you really think about that and usually we also like to kind of get a little more creative formally you know this is a box and this home that you see you see is, gotcha. is you know a, a more it's a it's a it's a you know uh, it's an i think a beautiful box on a box <laughs> it's you, a box on a box but it's <laughs> but it's beautifully <laughs> presented yeah and i think that you know again but it's tied to that landscape that we created within this courtyard mm -hmm. um but in a, in a, on a rural setting it's you know the opposite where it's just kind of uh more all about embracing the natural environment what's yeah. there and really you know designing to that that's right so we end up with just you know much more typically much more expressive structures when we're when we're out in the landscape you know mm -hmm. that sort of uh mm -hmm. that, yeah, the actual form of the structure is is more likely to be dynamic over you know like you said it's a box and it's a, it's a box on a box but that yeah. also suits the nature of the environment of east austin neighborhood yeah, yeah. exactly and we've, and, and we've pushed against you know that that's typical obviously we've done interesting formal projects in urban lots we've done boxes mm -hmm. in rural lots too you know it's not a mm -hmm. hard rule but i would say in general that's that it gives you the freedom to, to play yeah. uh, form quite I a mean, bit and it's an elegant move here i think you know it's just and, but still yeah. the sensibilities <laughs> around size and budget and um value exactly. per square foot complicating exactly <laughs> yeah these are exactly. the these are the things that uh, you carry with you in neither in whichever space. Now I know I started right at the very beginning with because that wasn't my last question, but I've got one more. Um, as a husband and wife couple, and you um, yes. you designed this house together, and you're still married, and <laughs> we also know that you know the the business of architecture is marriage counselling. Um, yes, things that. Uh, you would, or, or that you value differently in the design process and uh, how you resolved that or, or didn't resolve that. In this home. In, this in home. your own home, yeah. So I think, you know, because, as, because you know, we see the day-to-day, -day how difficult it can be for clients to make decisions. They're very, it's a slow process, very tedious and time-consuming, very personal. Mm -hmm. We try to take the opposite approach with this home, to be honest. I think we wanted it to just be very practical. And at the end of the day, we just, you needed a home for our, that made sense and, you know, hit our budget. And so... I think that's what made the decisions fairly easy for us. And, and I mean, at this point, we've had seven years under our belt working together. So I think, he, to be honest, I, I know it's not an easy process for most, but I think we, we got along really well throughout the process and the design. We just kind of on a weekend sat over some beers and at our you know coffee table and just kind of designed it and and of course we kind of detailed it beyond that oh that of time course frame. yeah yeah but that, yeah and, and I would, actually and I would say, framing it out yeah the um, big design moves were very yeah. quick and simple and straightforward and easy for us but i think probably just on a personal level i kept trying to remove things and you, you know like oh yeah i uh you know <laughs> steph's like well, how about a balcony how about a roof deck you know how about the green roof and you know every uh i always joke 
in that it's like a shrink wrap house. Like there's no overhangs, there's no balconies, there's no like decks. We literally, I just was like, so uh, maybe- Aside from the cantilever. Aside yeah. from the cantilever. So the form does all of the work. There's nothing extra beyond the form of the building. And so, um, you know, I think probably- uh, But he was right. I mean, I think that's what made it affordable for us at the end of the day, sure. you know, the, the more embellishments you add, the more, the I mean, more we did, it was important, uh, sustainability yeah. was important to us. So we mm -hmm. did actually, um, you know, from the outset decide we are going to invest in solar panels that will offset a hundred percent of the electricity for our home. And so that was from that. And, and I, you know, I still did want, maybe one day I'll get a green roof. We did design the structure, like structurally. So that it can take a green roof. So that it yeah. can take it. And we also did design... <laughs> potentially for a pool that maybe one will, will <laughs> I expect to see that early next year sometime. Yeah. yeah After well, one hot summer. One hot summer. Exactly. <laughs> it'll be small but mighty. Exactly. And it'll be cool and it will be you'll be sitting in there drinking beers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Too hot this summer. It really I was. love it. Yeah. Well everybody's saying that about Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, that was <clears throat> excuse me that was fantastic and look i so look forward to people coming on tour and seeing your home and taking that time to pause at the front to go and discover the door you know the pivot door to just pause at these points and see what's happening and then yeah enjoy the home enjoy the home and know that it's your creation and it's also got a lot of your sensibilities of how you work in it as well Absolutely. which I, I love yeah. that Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, really thank you for making time. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Really, really cool. So enjoy your evening. Yes, thank you. Thank you so you. much. Enjoy your morning. Cheers. <laughs> Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know fee pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? and see if they follow you, see if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it, because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.